everyone. Welcome to Dat Elyon Podcast. My name is Yoel Glick, and I am the director of Dat Elyon, a center for Jewish meditation and spiritual training in the holy city of Jerusalem. We are happy to bring you these talks about the spiritual life that explore new ways of looking at ancient traditions in the light of modern spirituality. We hope to open your mind and expand your heart through these podcasts. Today we are doing something different. The Jewish festival of Shavuot is coming up that commemorates the revelation of the divine to the people of Israel at Mount Sinai 3,500 years ago. It is also a time of celebrating the harvest of first fruits that they would bring up to the temple in Jerusalem as an offering. And in another departure from our regular podcast, Today I'm going to have a conversation with my son, Rabbi Adir Glick, who is the rabbi of Temple Har Zion in River Forest, Illinois, in the west suburbs of Chicago. Together we're going to have what is a family tradition of conversations about spiritual topics and holy days, and have you join us as we talk about the Shavuot holiday. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here with you. And uh, as you say, continue on this family tradition. So, yeah, where I would you like we, to start? We've talked probably by now about everything under the sun that you can think of. You know, and, um, uh, we talk about uh, you know energies and spiritual centers, about the future past of the Jewish people and all of humanity. And really now, I guess we can begin talking a bit about revelation. Hmm. Now, what, what would you, uh, you know, and often we have discussions, revelations, and what is the area that's about this topic that you find most inspiring, we'd like to hear more about? I think, I think I'm um, especially interested this year um, about the the ongoing process of revelation that 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 the world the humanity the Jewish people is going through not now looking at um, revelation as just a one time event that happened on on Mount Sinai um, all those years ago, but looking at revelation as a process maybe it even accelerates even though its form is different even though the way it is experienced is different. Um, and I, I guess uh, a question that I would have uh, is how do, 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 do most of us in our regular life experience some form of revelation and is it connected to the kind of revelation that was experienced on Mount Sinai? And... Um, could there could there could there ever be other grand events of revelation in that same manner? So let's begin with the um, understanding this whole process of the revelation on Sinai, and I think that it's important to realize that uh, what happened on Sinai wasn't just about 
the giving of a book, the giving of a set of ideas, but it was about a spiritual experience, really in some ways unique in the annals of humankind, where you had a whole people have a spiritually transformative experience, where they transcended their normal physical consciousness and tapped into something infinite and eternal. That has really, in a way, inspired the Jewish people and changed their conception of themselves and the world ever since then until this moment today, where we're still talking and trying to figure out the message of that moment And its revelation is rippling through us 3,500 years later. And it's really about a larger topic, which is that human beings have a unique capacity to be able to transcend their own physical consciousness and touch that which is infinite. There's a famous story of Abzusia from Anipur great Hasidic master, that they say that he never would say any teachings in the name of his own teacher, the Magid of Meserich, Tov Be'er of Meserich. And they explained that the reason why is that whenever Rabbi Tov Be'er would start teaching, he would begin with the words, and God spoke, or and God said. And at that moment, the idea that God actually speaks to us, that actually a finite human being can can make contact with that which is infinite and eternal, was just so mind-blowing to Rebzusia that he would go into a state of profound spiritual ecstasy and miss the rest of the teaching. And I think this is the first truth about Revelation and particularly about the revelation at Sinai, but all revelation, that that it's an extraordinary idea that the speck of nothingness that we are, that lives for a, a blink of eyelash in time, but have these, even though we're very proud of very tiny consciousnesses, can actually somehow, we've been built to be able to touch that which is transcendent and bring through incredible inspiration and vision and um, new is it, is, ideas that... Is it bring that, through? Is it bring through or is it given? Yeah, or is it, sorry? is it bring brought through or is it, or, or, old, or is that idea and consciousness um, given as in it's um, given by God, by, by the, by the Almighty, or is it brought through by human beings? Well, I don't think you can't distinguish between the two. Uh, A human being becomes a vessel for the divine to flow into the world. Particular circumstances, particular time, but that's all a matter of God's grace. (laughs) So it's God that opens that door. God that created human beings and gave them that capacity. But those moments are both a, a, you can't create a moment of revelation. That's a divine gift. But you can do the work necessary 
to be an instrument, to be in the proper receptive state of consciousness. And, we, you know, we have the tradition that from Pesach through to Shavuot, we count the Omer, the days of the barley harvest. And in the tradition, it's connected to the Kabbalistic Sefirot, and it's 49 days, and each one is another configuration of, of Sefirot, or energies, states of consciousness, that we go through and connect with. But really what it's about in its essential nature is preparing ourselves from that moment of breaking out of slavery for the moment of revelation that comes at Shavuot. And so how are you preparing? You're preparing by clearing away everything in your mind that's in the way of your being able to hear God. One where they say, God is always talking, we're just not listening. Because our mind is filled with so much junk, there's no room for us to actually hear God's voice. So we have to clear our mind, and it takes us seven weeks, because we're so immersed in Egypt, we're so immersed in physical consciousness, we're filled with so many ideas and thoughts and preconceived notions. So we have no space within ourselves to hear something beyond those notions. And this is all aspects we're really clearing away the ego, because the ego has its own plans, its own schemes. It doesn't have room for God. So we have to put aside all our own schemes and plans to hear a God divine revelation. And so the whole time of moving from Pesach to Shavuot of the Omer is a time of preparing to clear away that space so it's it's empty, so it's a vessel that can be filled. And then God only can fill the vessel, but the promise is if we do the work of preparing ourselves, then God will fill that vessel to overflowing. So very, very interesting. And, and I'm thinking of, well, you know, didn't we already just do a whole bunch of cleaning for Pesach where we were also cleaning out our ego to get ready for, um, to leave, to leave Egypt. And, and, and it does, I, I often feel that way that you get through Pesach and you've done all this pace cleaning before Pesach and you have the joy of the holiday, but then straight back, you're back in the thick of it until Shavuot. Um, so do you, do you see a difference in the type of spiritual work you're doing before Pesach and before Shavuot? So it's, it's you know, they said it, it took, you know, that whole period of, some people say it was a year, some people say more, uh, from the time Moses, Moshe comes and says to Pharaoh, to Pharaoh, let my people go to the time they left. It was like a year. And that's what it took to get the Israelites, B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But then it took 40 years to get Egypt out of the children of Israel. So the first thing is just create the circumstances. And it's really, they say on Pesach Nais, there's a great influx of inspiration, a great influx of energy 
and an opening and expansion of the mind such that you feel like you can do anything. And in that place, we were able to leave Egypt, which was an incredible feat. We'd been there for hundreds of years. We're stuck in living a slave's life. And to be able to have the courage and the strength to make that leap of faith, to go off into the desert, despite all the miracles we'd seen, was extraordinary. But then to actually change us so that we became different, we needed, on one hand, first those 50 days, those 49 days to prepare us to be able to receive the blueprint for how we're supposed to live our lives and actually become the nation of priests, the instruments and vessels for God's work. Then it took us 40 years to be able to actually enter the promised land, begin that work. And 3,500 years later, we're still trying to figure out how to implement that blueprint. So we've implemented it at different times and places along the way. So in a way, that- Pesach was about that moment of divine gift of grace where you, you find the courage and the strength you need to move out of where you are. But then you have to know where you're going and how you're going to integrate that shift into your life. And that's what the moment of revelation provides. But do, you, do you think that that, tra- those tra- that travel from, from Egypt to Mount Sinai, in some ways that preparation was only to get to that place where they would be ready for the moment of revelation? After that was a whole new stage, but they were, you're just preparing to be able to be, to receive it. You're clearing the ego. You're, um, I guess, going back to the, to the historical narrative. They're finding their unity, as Rashi says, one, one, one people with one heart. And all of that was being ready just to, just to receive the revelation. But once they've received the revelation, um, then they had to go through a whole other journey, which thousands of years in the making to to digest and to think and to take it to new places and to um, bring it and, into and the world. Bring it and down as you were saying, it's world. still working through us. Do you do you, you really feel that that same spirit which came down then is still working through us? So you know the Hasidic tradition, they say that every year at Shavuot, there's a moment of revelation that's there. And that each year we have an opportunity to receive revelation for our life. Revelation for understanding our purpose in the world. Revelation for our way of understanding the Torah. So it's interesting, the Ari, Rabbi Isaac Luria, who was a 16th century Kabbalist who lived in the northern city of Stadt. So he says there's the physical Torah that we got on Sinai, but there's also a supernal Torah, the Torah Ilah. Uh, that is in the highest levels of reality. And that Torah is really all of the truth and wisdom and God's will for this and plan for the universe he created. It's all that stored in the universal mind of God. And that universal consciousness holds all that Torah. And he says the Kabbalistic Christian is that each soul, each human being, is an expression of one bit of that internal truth. That's what their soul is. It's a living spark of truth. And 
each Jewish person has a spark of that Torah in them. It says there's 600,000 uh, letters in the Torah because there were 600,000 Jewish souls. At so we, we are the revelation. So we are. Uh, but the point is that it's telling us that we have the capacity to receive that revelation because it's within our very being. And it's a matter of going through whatever journey we need to go through until we embody that truth and can actually live it in our life. So we were bringing that Torah down from this supernal place into this physical world and manifesting it. You know, the, the Medra says that the, the Avot Nimrod, the patriarchs and matriarchs, lived the Torah without the Torah having been given. And that's because they were in that space of consciousness where they were tuned, right, to that place of truth within them. They were tuned to that reality of God's will. And therefore, it naturally flowed through them. And that was the moment at Sinai we were in that same place. The revelation, we were completely attuned with the divine will. And therefore, the Torah for us was not in that moment. We understood in a natural way how to embody that Torah. But like always with human beings, because we're really part of physical consciousness, it's hard for us to hold that place. And therefore, we fall back into our normal day-to-day mundane physical consciousness and we lose that vision. And so we have to keep coming back to that place. So do you, do you think that re- reliving the experience at Sinai allows, uh, allows us to um, come into touch with that place within ourselves, within that, le- that the part of us which is a letter of the Torah? Um, or why, why, why do we relive that whole experience every year? Because I think there's two levels to it, because on that day there's a energetic opening. You know, there is a place where that moment is reoccurring. And there is a divine flow of inspiration that's available if we've made a vessel to receive it. And so each year on a very personal level, we have an opportunity to receive a revelation for what's the blueprint, what's the next step, how do we take forward our own spiritual journey. And on the other hand, also, we can understand the teachings of the wisdom of the tradition in the new way. You know, it's fascinating the Hasidic tradition, particularly the early masters, they didn't sit up and, and learn Torah all night. They went off into the forest and meditated to prepare themselves so that at that moment of dawn, which is this beautiful, powerful spiritual moment in all religions, that they would be ready to receive what would come through then, to get everything else out of the way and be a ready, prepared vessel to hear God speaking within their own being. So, what, what would you say? So what, what would you say to people who are who have gone through the the journey of the Omer, maybe conscious or half conscious, and now suddenly they're a few days before Shavuot and they're wondering, "What can I do 
in these last few days to prepare myself to receive revelation, to have to 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 grasp that moment. So I think the thing to do really is to first of all realize that there's a real opportunity for personal revelation. And to start to really clear away all your preconceived ideas and be open to new possibilities for yourself, for your life, for your Jewish life, for your understanding of Torah, for your understanding of your purpose in the world. And if you work to create that kind of openness of heart, mind, and consciousness, then when Shavuot comes, you'll be ready to receive. And that's, that's the work you can do in these days, is to try and say, okay, what are my preconceived ideas? What are the things that I expect God's supposed to do in my life? So it's, okay, now I'm open to hear, and what are my preconceived ideas about what the Torah is about? And how do I open my mind to new possibilities, to new horizons, to a more expansive vision of myself, of the Jewish people, of the Torah, and of the future of humankind? Certainly at this moment where we're going through this coronavirus crisis, Clearly, it's an opportunity for a new vision. And it's a message that's saying what we've done till now isn't quite working. Something needs to be different. And here's Shavuot right in the middle of it saying, this is a moment when you can actually receive a different way of seeing your life. In your world. I was also thinking about this, um, the, how unique Shavuot is this year with the whole um, virus happening and how it, there is this unique opportunity, as you said, to receive that new Torah, to receive the new first fruits. So is, is revelation always something new? I think it's something eternal and something new at the same time. And that's what true revelation is. On one hand, it taps into the ancient wisdom and rings with the truth of eternity, and yet it's totally new, totally innovative, totally transforming. Thank you, Adir. It's been wonderful to have this conversation with you. Chag Sameach. Have a wonderful Shavuot. So that was our conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us. It's been wonderful to be together. I hope your mind has been stimulated, your consciousness expanded, and your heart blown wide open. I look forward to sharing this time together with you next week. In the meanwhile, check out our website, .elyon.org, D-A-A-T-E-L-Y-O-N. Come to visit us the next time you're in Jerusalem. Shalom. Peace be with you all.